1: Welcome to The Table, where we discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Mikhail Del Rosario, Cultural Engagement Manager here at the Hendricks Center, and we have a little bit of a different show for you today. Uh, One thing we talk about at the Hendricks Center is uh, cultural engagement in terms of cultural apologetics and how we can begin to develop a Christian view of film and the arts. And so because any kind of visual storytelling in the popular culture is so prevalent, um, we need to take a look at these things and see how it can actually help us understand universal longings, uh, universal struggles, and see how these things can actually help us spark important spiritual conversations with people—even people who see Christianity differently—conversations about God and what it means to be human. But the first step in engaging With something like a movie or a tv show is working to connect with it even if it's something that you might not uh, be initially drawn to in terms of entertainment that you might choose for yourself now on the table podcast we've talked about movies like noah god's not dead uh, even the entire star wars series and our topic on the table podcast today is christianity and the walking dead now, The Walking Dead is a highly rated TV series on AMC capping out at 11 seasons. It's been called cable TV's highest rated scripted show, and it is a post-apocalyptic drama that's based on a comic book series actually that's also called The Walking Dead. And It's all about survivors of a zombie apocalypse just trying to stay alive, um, going on supply runs to find food, but also trying to keep safe Um, keep their community safe from zombies, most often called walkers on the show, but also trying to keep their groups safe from other human communities, um, other people, other groups who aren't always willing to share, who aren't always kind and helpful. In fact, life in the world of The Walking Dead can be summed up in the slogan, Fight the Dead, Fear the Living. Now, two quick disclaimers before we dive into our content and our guest uh, is introduced today. First disclaimer is that The Walking Dead carries a TV MA rating for mature audiences, and it does include violent scenes. And we've talked about universal themes in an R-rated movie called Hacksaw Ridge on the podcast before, so this isn't the first time we're walking into a space like this. But nonetheless, uh, The Walking Dead is a cultural phenomenon with a significant audience. And it's worth thinking about how even something in the horror genre, something uh, that contains violent content, can spark spiritual conversations. And then second, I do have to say that this episode of The Table may include minor spoilers for people who haven't seen the entire series, but we're going to do our best to not mention uh, any major spoilers here today. And my guest coming to us via Zoom today is Danielle Strickland. If you ask Danielle to describe herself, she'll say she is a justice advocate, communicator, and peacemaker. But she's also the author of a book called The Zombie Gospel, and the subtitle is The Walking Dead and What It Means to be Human. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here.
1: Yeah, so good to see you and to meet you, uh, even just by Zoom. I want to just dive right into our topic today and ask you, how did you first begin to connect The Walking Dead television show to conversations about spiritual things?
0: Yeah, that's so funny. Um, It actually is a funny story. I assumed that The Walking Dead was just like every other sort of cultural I don't know what maybe appetite for death and gore Mm. and violence Mm -hmm. and so I kind of just wrote it off I never watched it but a friend of mine was watching it and challenged me said have you seen this and I was wondering about like what is making this so popular you know like it was the 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 highest rated show Mm -hmm. uh, in its time And so uh, she really challenged me because I was kind of judging it from a distance and I hadn't bothered uh, having a look. So I had a look uh, at night, so I didn't like contaminate anybody. And I (laughs) plugged in my uh, headphones and just kind of watched it on the computer. And I heard, I just kind of heard the, I guess what I would say, like cry or more particularly, I heard the questions Mm. that were being asked. And it felt like a generation, a culture that's longing to ask questions about what it means to be human Mm -hmm. um, and what it means to be human together and what we're mm-hmm. even doing on this planet. And, and and all of a sudden, all these kind of themes came to me. And I thought, we really should be discussing this uh, and engaging with a culture that is asking these questions, like beautiful questions.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, a similar thing for me, actually. And I started uh, watching the show because I'd never seen it before. Um, so what something that struck me just right off the bat is earlier on in the series, you have faith issues that are being brought up, um, the problem of evil, existence of God. Uh, you know, one of the main characters, Herschel, had a farm early on in the series, and he and another character were talking about uh, how does God fit into a world where, you know, there's just so much, um, uh, everyone's just, just, it's so much despair, you know, and there seems like there's nothing left to live for, and can we have hope? Is there a, a faith moment or a scene that stood out to you in the series that was personally impactful for you?
0: Yeah, I think there's so many. I mean, there's a funny one where Herschel says, you know, when I read that God was going to raise the dead, I didn't see this coming, you know, which I think is hilarious in <laughs> terms of like zombies be Right. <laughs> and I also think it's uh, it's funny and also, you know, nothing we can't imagine what it is that God has in mind. So I think also it's like we're, we have all these preconceptions of what God's going to do and what it's going to look like and how God's going to move. And of course, the introduction to, to The Walking Dead, I mean, the whole show is about how everything's out of your control. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think for me that the general, I guess the, the big moment for me uh, personally was just when the priest, uh, when they found, they stumbled upon a church and found mm-hmm. a priest who was huddled inside And had barricaded himself out of fear and that the people that were suffering had left their marks on the side of the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that priest's kind of journey of coming to grips with the fact that he's human after all, and then trying to figure out um, how he can forgive himself and be part of this community. I think that that uh, story is quite a profound one for people who come from religious backgrounds like, like me.
1: Mhm mm-hmm. Yeah, well let's let's go there because that was another really interesting um, not not only like era in the show, but when they introduced Father Gabriel at um, St Sarah's Episcopal Church. Uh, it was, I was amazed at how many people who were not from a church background. and of course certainly this is not a Christian show. Um, but it began to get people interested in reading the Bible. Um, earliest In some of the earliest seasons, uh, there was a guy named Adam Carlson who wrote on a website called Fansighted, and I will just briefly read to you what he said. He said, I've avoided organized religion for most of my life. However, after seeing some of the references to biblical passages in Season 5, Episode 2, I had to see what those were all about. It's quite interesting to me how many of these Bible quotes can be related to events that are happening on The Walking Dead. It's also impressive that it's television show about zombies and a zombie apocalypse could get someone to read the Bible after not picking it up for at least 20 years, he writes. And of course, on that, you know, what I, what I thought was amazing was people were like screenshotting the the episodes to see the, you know, the readings for the day that were on the wall of, of St. Sarah's and checking it out. And some of them were like, you know, the, the tombs opened up and the bodies of saints came out and like, Ezekiel's dry bones. But then, of course, one of the most uh, obvious one in that particular scene was um, he who drinks or eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, which now, of course, there's a kind of a double meaning there in this, you know, kind of gory, like cannibalistic setting. But also it's pointing us toward newness of life, which is another uh, verse that was that was on that particular show. Um, talk about how even a show like this can fuel conversations about leaving your old way of life and walking in that newness of life.
0: Yeah, I feel like that might actually be the conversation of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, the very first episode is, you know, this guy awakening to a world that he does not recognize, that's kind of just gone, and you you feel this sense. I, I feel like you know the emergence of a, a new surge of Walking Dead uh, interest is uh, the release of it, obviously, onto Netflix for free, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that helps. Mm-hmm. But also, I think um, this this idea that we're deconstructing, like we literally we're watching the world and our value system and the things we used to really like hold together, mm-hmm. deconstruct and the the dominant question is like who are we if we're not and you know in in his particular character he's the sheriff and you know you see the whole first season he wears a sheriff outfit you know like Mm -hmm. he's still a sheriff because it's in when you ask somebody you know who are you you always respond with what you do the function and the position that you have in society and then slowly he starts to like lose that identity and find who he is who is he as a leader, as a human, as a husband, as a father. And I think every character has this theme. How do I leave behind? And, you know, you have another famous character who comes from a criminal background. So you have the sheriff and this criminal who end up being best of friends. And, you know, you have this like this new humanity being formed, this new uh, reality, this new normal. So I feel like in all of our lives, this is true. This happens eventually. This is just actually part of growing up and maturing. But I think exponentially in this season, this is happening to a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. I think it's even, you know, fascinating that, you know, even the priest's own deconstruction, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, he thought that being a priest would make him different. He thought that, you know, leading a church would make him different. And here he is just a human, like everybody else, trying to figure out how to live in this resurrection life and what it might look like to model a humanity that is different from this like zombie-like consumption Mm -hmm. of everyone uh, culture. So Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, there's just so many elements in the show. And that's really, in many ways, I wasn't trying to answer the questions. I was just trying to highlight them Mm -hmm. and say, you know, we do serve a God who wants, and maybe a little bit more like Paul in Athens, where he lets curiosity lead him. Mm -hmm. Uh, instead of certainty, right? The only Mm -hmm. thing he's certain about is Jesus because he mm-hmm. has experienced Jesus for himself. So this mm-hmm. is the same for me. The only thing I'm certain about is Jesus, because I've experienced Jesus for myself. And I know that he's the human I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like everything else is I'm curious about, like, tell me more about that longing inside of you for a new life. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that feeling of panic of losing what you used to control. And, uh, and you know, we even have that scene where they're burning money, you know, Mm -hmm. try like money's literally become meaningless, Right. positions become meaningless, Mm -hmm. like structure and law become meaningless. So then who are you? What's your value? What brings value? What gives you value? Um, Those are all the questions I think that are deeper than all of those other questions um, that we tend to, 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 to max out on. And I feel like it's time people want to go deeper. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really great insight. Um, You know, when the world is before the world fell, as they put it on The Walking Dead, you know, what what were you and what brought value, status, and all those things. Um, in in the new post-apocalyptic world, uh, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore, and so people are figuring out, like, who am I? What, what is my identity, like you were saying, you know? Um, it, it is interesting that the characters in the show, they there's a lot of gray areas. Um, you know Rick, the the sheriff, who you mentioned. I don't think we said his name yet on the show. Rick Grimes is the sheriff, and then his buddy um, Daryl, who is one of the um, uh, kind of criminal people that you mentioned. Um, I remember when they had this conversation, talking about like we are the Walking Dead, and then Daryl says, "Nah, we ain't them," and it's like, uh, how do you choose to live in a world where where all of you know everything that you knew from before is is no longer. Um, valid. It's no longer there. Talk about a couple other um, characters. Let's talk about Negan. Negan is a very, very bad guy, <laughs> kind of a warlord, the character you love to hate early on in the maybe mid, midway through the series. There is a part later on where I love where he says, no one ever thinks they're the bad guy. And I thought that was so profound. Mm-hmm. There's almost this redemption arc that he has. And then we also see Rick Grimes, the main the sheriff guy, we see him evolving as well in his his morality. Talk about what we can learn from, from the, the story arcs of these characters.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things, and I actually really love that about the show, that um, there is like this dogged honesty, like rugged uh, refusal to uh, just put people in this place that we want them to be right because we mm-hmm. love categories of black or white or good or mm-hmm. bad i was actually reading in acts 28 paul's final missionary journey where he accidentally ends on malta and he, uh, and he survives and uh he's building a fire he gets bitten by a snake and so they think he must be a murderer you know the people because he survived the shipwreck and got bitten by a snake mm-hmm. and then they think he must be a god because he survives the snake bite And I thought, isn't that the truth? Like we're either murderers or we're gods, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the categories of, and I mean, what God is even doing in Paul's life as in all of our lives is showing that we're humans Mm
1: -hmm. who
0: are connected to God and that there's a power that is at work within us. That's not about us. It's about God. You know, later Mm -hmm. on, Paul, Paul explains that. Like, this is not about us. So I feel like where we get stuck in uh, oftentimes in church uh, culture and Christian culture is trying to pretend like we're better than we are because we feel like, and this is this religious impulse. Like Mm -hmm. we want to be, you know, what I call the Hercules myth. Like we want to be perfect. Our motives want to be perfect. Mm -hmm. The walking dead is like this, you know, this, you know, desire to just be honest. To just be honest. And that that's where we begin. And there's actually one scene I remember where this, uh, w- it was actually back with the early introduction of the priest. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying, you know, how many people have you killed?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Like, or how many zombies have you killed? And then how many others?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and the idea of the group is that if you couldn't, uh, uh, if you couldn't answer, if you didn't answer honestly to those questions, if you hadn't sort of dealt with the condition of your own humanity, then you weren't welcome in the group because you weren't safe. And it reminded me so much of like a 12-step program. Hmm. It just reminded me so much of like, a, are, like, are you there yet at the poverty of spirit that Jesus says is the entry into the kingdom of God? Like, are you willing to get to the place where you're like, I'm not the person that I want to be. I can't be this person that I want to be. And I've, I've dealt with that. So now that I'm honest, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you keep thinking that they're asking the question, the person being asked the questions like, ah, what should I say? But it's the honesty that makes you safe. It's the honesty that makes Mm -hmm. you safe. And I think actually to tell you the truth, I am hungry, but I think the whole world, the whole generation is hungry for just some honesty, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're just tired of people covering and pretending. And so we even see in Negan, like a lot of his life is pretense, right? It's a leadership that is, uh, he's leading out of fear and control and dominance. He's, which is like that that old uh, idea of leadership. It's motivating people feel drawn to him, but also mm-hmm. trapped by him. And he's not really being honest about his own vulnerability. Uh, And so the more he gets honest and open and vulnerable, the more his character arc changes. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be, you know, one of the other messages, dominant messages of The Walking Dead is like the more honest we can be and open about our humanity, the more free we are then to actually uh, love one another and Mm -hmm. actually connect intimately with each other.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there.
1: Now, you had mentioned something earlier uh, about zombies being mindless consumers. And I know in the book, you take it a little bit uh, more in a literary uh, analysis away from just what's so overt in the show. Talk a little bit about what we can learn from just the zombie genre in general as far as being mindless consumers.
0: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to like the earliest zombie genre, right, in terms of movie uh, uh, stuff where movies are, what is it, Night of the Living Dead And, uh, I can't remember, but it's been a long time ago since I wrote this book, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but basically the idea that the zombies are terrifying because they are consuming everything in their path, including other humans, right? So that's, what's terrifying about them is this mindless consumption, which when the first, when the first genre of zombies came out was a social commentary about this consumer based culture and uh you know but it was such a niche market the zombie genre that just like a a few folks that were into that started to to think it through and maybe even just like it because it was like next level of gore uh in movie making history but i think what the walking dead does is popularize this idea that like we are being consumed by ourselves Hmm. You know, this is the this is the consuming mentality that we are now consuming. So, you know, I talk a little bit even about like how our clothes are made or like how the uh, capitalistic industries work, consuming the earth, consuming humans. You know, trafficking victims all around the world who are trafficked so that my shirt is five dollars and I can buy twenty five of them even though I only need one. Mm -hmm. Um, And on and on this goes, and it's just like we are literally consuming ourselves. That's what's happening. And it's an apocalypse of zombie, you know, and of course, an apocalypse uh, in scripture is not the end of the world. It's the revealing, it's the unveiling of what's actually happening. So even the word apocalyptic, I mean, I know in the show, it means sort of the end of the world. But if you think about this in terms of like how we see what's really true, Mm -hmm. you know, about the world, there is a lot of unveiling that's Mm -hmm. happening in this concept of um humans as consuming machines.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow,
1: yeah, there's just there's many ways we could go with that. You're sparking all kinds of uh, questions if I mind. but okay, so here's a here's a question that probably you didn't think about. There's no way you could have known when you wrote this book. But now that we are in, you know this covid nineteen pandemic, do you think that in the real world there are some of those questions that real people have been forced to struggle with and and answer? for themselves in terms of value that they had versus, you know, in the old world, quote unquote, 2019 and, and earlier, um, has this really hit close to home?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really think so because I think for a lot of reasons, I think, like I mentioned before the deconstruction of things that we were hanging on to, even in terms of systems and structures, jobs, income, um, you know, positions that we held. Um, I think a lot of people are rethinking, a lot of those things. And I also think there's been a, a lot of exposure about things we thought we were sure about mm. that we're not so much sure about. Uh, and that's even in terms of our Christian culture, leaders who have been using power and abuse and sort of worldly practices and concepts of uh, position and authority uh, as an abuse of power that now is exposed. And we don't want to be, I don't. I don't want to be that kind of leader. I don't mm-hmm. want to lead that kind of a church. You know, in Canada here, where I'm located, uh, we've been uncovering thousands of bodies of little indigenous children who were buried at residential schools all across Canada with Mm. no graves or marks or identifying. And we're just discovering them right now. And the whole culture of Canada is rethinking what the church is. And uh, now considering the church may be a harmful influence in the world. So as we deconstruct that, like, ah, what do we do? And I feel like in so many ways, we're in this deconstruction uh, situation about what we thought we knew for sure about the systems and structures, about the way the world was going to work. So there is this awakening like, who are we if we're none of those things? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think is really key is that I think in The Walking Dead, the arc of the story goes from surviving, you know, just like, how are we going to survive, mm-hmm. to this question of, what does it mean to be human together? Mm -hmm. And I think in a pandemic that we've been through and the circumstances of apocalyptic circumstances of our time, I think we, we can quickly go into this. We will survive at all costs. Mm -hmm. You know, we go into the survival mode, but I think what I would love, what I would love. And I think what the spirit is asking us is what kind of humans do we want to be? Not just Mm -hmm. surviving defensive. How will we keep this going? But like, Mm -hmm. what kind of a community do we want to be? What kind of humans do we want to be? And there are a couple of beautiful scenes, epic scenes in The Walking Dead, where people sacrifice themselves for Mm. other people Mm -hmm. and give their lives away um, so that life can go on and the greater good, you know, just very cruciform um, Mm. sort of opportunities because they don't want to be a community that is just surviving. Mm -hmm. They want to be human. And to be human means to be loving and to be connected and to be serving and to be giving. So I think that that, that struggle of like, will you just survive mm-hmm. or does it matter the quality of your life and the quality of what kind of life you make for others uh, in this season that we're in? And I think it does.
1: Mm-hmm. You're reminding me of another part of your book where you mentioned uh, Michonne, who is another beloved character starting out as kind of this Lone Ranger uh, mostly by herself, and then connecting up with Rick's group of survivors. Uh, explain some of the life lessons on community that you discuss in the book from that that character.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the characters. There's several others who try to go it alone. And, uh, and actually, basically what happens is they can't. You know, can you survive by yourself? The answer in The Walking Dead is for a while, (laughs) but you, and you may survive physically, but you can't survive in terms of being human. And I think it's such a beautiful lesson. There's like a, a beautiful arc there around we were, how we were designed for one another and how we need one another in genuine community is life and without it is survival, but it's not life. And I think that difference is so, you know, central to the New Testament, so central to the life of Jesus, where he asks, he invites people into this collective exercise, right, into this, uh, into this life of belonging. Mm -hmm. Um, you exist. And this is even like, you know, the greatest commandments, you know, the thing Jesus said that will actually ensure life is that you would love one another. Right. But this idea that we're connected to one another, this mutuality, this Ubuntu type of a a relationship where we exist together. So I think that's also a beautiful thing, especially again, in this pandemic where fear of the other, and we see this in the walking Mm -hmm. dead so much fear of the other. And this is, Michonne is just totally traumatized, She's been by herself. She's like kind of out of her mind when we meet her and she does not trust anybody for good reason, based on her own experiences. And I've, you know, my life, I've journeyed with a lot of survivors of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. And so I recognize so many things in her as I I, I minister to other people who are coming from those backgrounds of genuine trauma and finding it so hard to trust and to journey with people. But once they do, once they find a safe community of belonging, the way they thrive and come alive and find themselves again, it's such a beautiful story of what community can do. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, tell us about the title of the book. Can you explain to us what the Zombie Gospel is and why why you titled the book that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, well, it was catchy, the zombie gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a bit of an inspiration. Uh, the zombie gospel is for me, the good news that in the midst of the zombie apocalypse, there is this way to be human. And, um, and, you know, the, the, you know, how to be human, I think is at the, the heart of the series of the Walking dead. And the questions they ask, I think, is worthy of asking. So, the zombie gospel for me is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm. And he became human to show us that humans can not only survive, you know, all of the sin and death and fear and apocalyptic realities that we struggle with, but actually can be humans that bring goodness and life to one another and to the world. And uh, that's the zombie gospel for me, that Jesus is the remedy
1: for what ails us that's awesome can you tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing now
0: yeah so i i i'm a bit of a uh serial entrepreneur <laughs> so i do all kinds of things but uh infinitum spiritual formation and uh discipleship systems uh, infinitumlife.com if anybody wants to check that out and uh women speaker collective i train women communicators uh, to communicate effectively. And, um, I do a thing called, I just launched a nonprofit called Inby in my backyard, which is tiny houses and people's backyards. So, oh, wow. um, that's really fun, affordable housing and also a new way of being human together. Hmm. So that's kind of a fun uh, project that I'm in the middle of right now. Amplify peace, just a few things like that. I speak and I teach and uh, teach at a local church here in Toronto called the meeting house. Um, yeah. And just basically partner with God in the adventure that is, uh, that is life.
1: That's awesome. How can people connect with you uh, on your socials?
0: Uh, easiest way, just danielsterpland.com. That's the website that has all the links to all the places and, uh, Strickland, you, you can find me on all the, all the things.
1: Awesome. Well, you can connect with her there if you're listening to this or watching with us, you can also connect with me at Apologetics Guy on Twitter. I'm Apologetics Guy on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'd love to continue the conversation with you. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us see how we can actually uh, take some life lessons away. Um, and spiritual lessons too from uh, this this zombie apocalypse show, The Walking Dead, uh, that's been such a hit and it's a great way to spark uh, conversation with people, even those who see Christianity differently. So thanks.
0: You're welcome. What a, what a joy.
1: And we thank you so much for listening and watching today's episode on Christianity and The Walking Dead. I think what's come out of our conversation with Danielle today is that even A TV series about life in a zombie apocalypse can shed light on themes that guide us into a deeper understanding of what it means to be human and some of the deep questions of life. And it can even challenge us as Christians to live out the gospel and allow us to have better spiritual conversations with people from a variety of different backgrounds. I've personally had talks even with my own brother who's a fan of the comic book series and the show about ethics and morality in the world of The Walking Dead, and how much people can change and how much redemption is even possible in light of what you've done in the past. So again, like Danielle was saying, instead of just us dismissing certain forms of popular entertainment as totally irrelevant, uh, we need to pay attention to what's being said and what it reveals about us as human beings. So it's our hope here at the Hendrick Center that we learn to engage culture, including all kinds of film and the arts and visual storytelling, uh, first with a desire to listen and to understand the questions that people struggle with, uh, and then be able to engage with both courage and compassion to help people consider how the gospel steps into that space. We hope that you'll join us next week on The Table. I'm Mikael Del Rosario, and until next time, keep the faith.
2: Thanks for
0: listening to The Table Podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth, love well.